the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hi, and welcome to today's City Mission Hope for the Homeless broadcast. I am Dean Gartland, uh, President and CEO for City Mission in Washington, Pennsylvania. And today we're going to begin a discussion relating Scripture and how biblical principles relate to the 12 Steps of Recovery. And uh, this should be a very uh, interesting topic for our listeners. Uh, Hopefully, uh, as you're joining us today, um, because I know the 12 steps have something that's really important to all of us. And in the audience and in uh, uh, the studio with me today, I have my co-host, Leah Dietrich, uh, who's in charge of our programs at the City Mission here in Washington. And Leah is also a licensed professional counselor. And Leah, maybe I'm going to just ask you to introduce, tell tell the audience a little bit about yourself. I know we've done this in previous podcasts, but uh, I think it's important with this subject that we're talking about today, maybe just to kind of introduce yourself to, to the audience. Sure. So as Dean said, I have the opportunity to oversee the residential programs here at City Mission. And I have a background in mental health. Uh, with a special focus in mental health counseling, uh, but also experience for the last 11 years here at City Mission and dealing with dual diagnosis and addictions as well. I brought with me today as our content experts, um, two of our City Mission staff. We have chaplain and house coordinator Doug Bush with us, and we also have our facilities coordinator Tony Cheverine in the studio. Oh, welcome, everyone. Uh, maybe say hi to our audience. Thanks, Dean. It's good to be here. All right, Tony. Glad to be here. It's going to be a good time. Yes. Well, one of the things about the 12 steps, and particularly as we talk about issues surrounding homelessness, uh, and we all know that homelessness, uh, a lot of times, has uh, been generated by addiction you know, and mental health issues that many of our people that are experiencing homelessness also are experiencing these uh, um, issues as well. And so as they come into the, to the mission, they, you know, they they come in with a lot of baggage and a lot of issues that they got to deal with and addiction and just recovery and issues in itself are, are a big deal. Um, but our program is called, we, we call it a life recovery program uh, because not everybody is a drug addict or an alcoholic or, you know, that the walk in the door. And I know that many times we think of, uh, when we think of the 12 steps, we just think of drug addiction, alcoholism. Those are the things that come commonly to our minds, but that's not necessarily the issues that everybody is facing where the 12 steps actually, uh, really become a part of, uh, the process of our programming at the mission. And so before I go any further and we get into our discussion, let me just give a very uh, quick overview of the city mission in Washington, Pennsylvania, and what we do. And uh, we actually operate uh, four very distinct shelters at our mission, uh, one for uh, homeless veterans, uh, one for homeless men in general, uh, one for single women without children, and a, a program for women with children. 
seeking, you know, shelter and hope as they walk through our doors. Uh, we also operate a medical clinic that runs five days a week. We have a full-time nurse and uh, an assistant at that at the medical clinic. Every resident that walks through our doors has to go through our medical uh, clinic and be screened, you know, and uh, for whatever, you know, they come in with because we want to make sure that we're, that they are addressing their medical issues. Um, uh, we also operate eight uh, thrift stores, and uh, those thrift stores are located in three different counties. And the we also operate a what we call Samaritan Care Center, uh, which provides free food bags to the areas uh, poor and working poor in our community and uh, also assists a lot of the residents who moved on and moving into independence uh, who still may need some support through uh, our food program. Uh, we operate a, a, a food service program where we serve meals three times a day, both for those that live at the mission who call mission home, but also for those on the uh, that are unsheltered homeless who make their way over to the mission to have breakfast, lunch, or dinner. Um, I think that uh, uh, might cover the generally uh, the overview of the city mission. There's a lot that goes on there every single day. Uh, we're about 160 beds at the moment. Um, Lord willing, in the next year, the next couple of years, we're going to see that expand uh, up to a little over 200 beds. But at the present time, we have about 160 beds that for people to call a city mission home. So today, again, as I introduced the topic, we're going to talk about the 12 steps. We're going to talk about the Christian perspective of that. And uh, and Leah did uh, introduce to a couple of our guests. And so, Leah, I'm going to kick it over to you, and maybe you can kind of get us started and uh, with either uh, Doug or Tony to start talking about those first three steps of the 12-step program because it's just so uh, vitally important uh, that people understand that this is not just for addicts. It's for basically for everybody. Sure, Dean. I think that one of the most important things that we do for our residents and help them is help them to understand that there are communities of individuals that they can connect with. And we find that within the community with Celebrate Recovery, with Narcotics Anonymous, with Alcoholics Anonymous, and with other 12-step fellowships, we feel that these are powerful opportunities for people to connect. And we as a staff take time to appreciate the fact that the 12 steps are applicable not only to addictions, but also to other compulsive behaviors or things that you may be struggling with. So we just want to encourage our listeners today as we talk about these steps, if you're not familiar, please familiarize yourself. We feel like they are really great tools to apply to your life and to challenges you might face. So as we jump into this, um, I'm sure that we may have some listeners who are not familiar at all with the 12 steps. So I'm just going to read step one and we're going to talk a little bit Mm -hmm. about it. It says, we admitted that we were powerless over our addictions or our alcohol or our compulsive behaviors. Any of those can apply. That our lives had become unmanageable. We look to scripture a lot in our work at City Mission, and Celebrate Recovery gives us a good foundation for scripture for this verse. Uh, as a verse that connects to step one, it says, Romans seven eighteen. I know that nothing good lives in me that is in my sinful nature, for I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. So in step one, we're talking about powerlessness and 
we know that our residents often feel this and struggle with this, but I'm going to turn it over to our content experts of the day to either Doug or Tony to jump in, talk a little bit about step one and what it means to you and what it means to our residents. I'm Doug, and for me, the first step is all about identifying that there's a problem. We watch men and women come to our program, and they're out of options, but they still believe that they can figure it out and solve it on their own. So we're encouraging people to embrace the fact that their ways no longer work and that there has to be a new way that their lives are unmanageable and out of control and that there is a problem and that there is a solution. First step is all just about identifying the solution. Or, I'm sorry, about identifying that there is a problem. If you don't know you have a problem, you can't begin to enter into the solution. So this is Tony speaking now. I'm going to kind of follow up what Doug said. Um, so when Doug was speaking, I was thinking a lot about the word surrender. And I think surrender has a lot to do with the first step. Um, I practice in a 12-step fellowship, and I, I know when I did step one, um, I was still full of a lot of pride and a lot of ego. And it was hard for me to admit that I was powerless or surrender to the fact that I didn't know what I was doing with my life. Um, you know, and that, that's a big point. That's a big part of this thing. Um to start the admission of powerlessness and surrender um, with that, um, then we're able to move on, move forward. And I work with a lot of residents at our mission, and it's nice to be able to see the change in them over time as Mm -hmm. they realize that other people can help them and probably know what's better for them than themselves. Mm -hmm. I know one of the things, and I when you talk about step one as well, the uh, is the, the the fact that, and, I, and I've talked to so many different people over the years that I've I've been in this work, and I remember people saying, "Hey, Dean, I'm I'm not really I'm not homeless. I just don't have a place to live," and be, and and it's always interesting to me that that the perspective that people bring when they walk through the doors, uh, because of what they what they're experienced over their lives and how they've always tried to overcome things on their own and in their own strength and their own power and not understanding uh, that there is a power greater than themselves and is going to take us right into step two. But uh, that's step one about admitting uh, that we are powerless over whatever this is in our lives. And sometimes it is it's even as simple as like, I'm just powerless over my sinful nature. I have this nature that just wants to sin. It just wants to do wrong. It wants to do something uh, bad. And the um, and that nature has taken us into, caused us to make some really bad decisions over our, over, over our lifetime. And so I know that in our chapel services that we do, and I've been sharing a little bit about that, I've taken it down to that depth of, uh, of that sinful nature, but the, because we can't, we can't control that. Only God, through, through the power of his Holy Spirit, can do that. And so we're going to take us into step two, and I'm going to ask Leah to go ahead and read that, and uh, and then we'll talk about step two. Sure. The second step is, I came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. And the verse that 
Celebrate Recovery uses to solidify this is Philippians 2.13. For it is God who works in you to will and to act according to his good purpose. And Celebrate Recovery talks about the fact that this is a step in in finding hope. Um, and it's also a part where we're learning to trust to trust God. Now, the word is power greater than ourselves. And we have a lot of residents who I've met with over the years who have said things like a lamp or my uh, my uncle or different things are power greater than greater than ourselves. But we at City Mission believe that that power is God and we are not ashamed of that. We're proud that God is our higher power. He is the one that guides us. So, Doug, can you talk to us a little bit about step two? When I came into the program, I had very distorted images of who God was and how he felt about me. And one of my issues with first entering into the fellowship was this whole higher power thing and the freedom that the program offers to choose your own higher power. Until I discovered that the word higher powers straight out of the Bible, Romans chapter 13 says, let every person be subject to the higher powers. That helped me relax into the word higher power. And what the city mission does really, really, really well is help people to understand who Jesus is, who a higher power is, and uh, it helps to people to overcome distorted images uh, of God. So mm. we preach Jesus and uh, we try to apply Jesus in our walk and in our talk. And we try to encourage everyone that lives there to enter into a relationship with Jesus Christ and to begin to become a follower or a disciple of Jesus mm. Christ. Oh, excellent. Um, for me, I know that um, I also had distorted thoughts on a God or higher power when I came into the fellowship. Um, I was brought up in the Catholic religion, which is Christianity, um, but my view of God growing up was completely different than it is now. Um, and being at the mission and learning that how great Jesus is and I can use him as my higher power in a fellowship. I mean, it's just the freedom that you have working these steps. I think that there's a real sense of hope to knowing that there is someone that you can trust to be with you in this process. That is such a powerful uh, statement of hope, powerful principle uh, for anyone who is struggling out there to know that, you know, you don't have to continue to struggle the way you are uh, and what you're going through because there is a way. There is a way. There is a there's a way out and uh, uh, out of that struggle and out of those circumstances. And so and we realize that at the city mission that this is the a, a very good process for people. You know, that's step one is acceptance, accepting the fact that there is a problem, that you have a problem and that, you know, uh, and admit it and that, you know, you've tried everything to try to resolve it. I've uh, We've talked to people, and I know everybody in this uh, room has, where people have been their various rehabs, four or five, six. Some have been in rehab 12, 15 times uh, through their life. And 
because they are always trying to do it on their own. They think that that they can overcome the, these struggles and these challenges by themselves. But it's a program of we. It's, you know, we admitted <laughs> we were powerless over our addictions and that our lives have become unmanageable because it is a we program. It's all of us supporting each other, helping each other to grow and develop and and have accept the fact that we're powerless. And then secondly, to be able to understand that there is a power that is greater than us, which does take us right into step three. Uh, which, and I'm going to turn it over to Leah. She's going to be able to read this, and we're going to talk about step three. Step three is I made a decision to turn, we made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Romans 12.1 says, Therefore I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of wor- of worship. So in step three, we're talking a little bit about faith and about uh, we see the word God mentioned for the first time in the steps. And this is something when we were discussing this earlier, Doug was talking about the fact that uh, God shows up. And Tony talked about the fact God shows up in step three, maybe not in one and two, but he's named at that point. And that's where we see that faith turn. And so... For me, looking at the third step and trying to teach and help people to grasp the significance, it's all about who's in control of your life, what happens when you're in control of your life, and what happens when God is in control of your life. The third step is about relaxing into the mystery of God's plan. The third step is about trusting that God has a plan and a purpose for our lives and that God um, can use us. And that for many of us, when we're in charge, our trains go off the rail. We are car wrecks. And we just need some some guidance. So the third step is about placing myself in a position where God can uh, guide me. And um, I really want to say this. It's uh, really where I stand on the third step. I love to tell the story about the chicken and the pig walking down the road, just kind of having a conversation. And they pass a church, and the church says, a big sign that says, come on in and volunteer and help us feed breakfast to the hungry. And the chicken gets all excited and says to the pig, ooh, 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 let's go in. And the pig says to the chicken, what are you talking about? And the chicken says, they're looking for help with breakfast. Let's go in. I'll give them eggs and you give them bacon. And the chicken or the pig says to the chicken, listen, for you giving them eggs is a decision. For me giving them bacon is a commitment. So we're trying to encourage people to commit their lives to the third step, to commit their lives to God, to let God run the show. Amen. That was Doug, that was a great analogy. Really creates a picture of that. But I'm going to ask Tony to make some comments about step three. Um, so for me, I know Leah already mentioned it. Um, you know, the first two steps, we don't mention God at all. And... I know when I first came into the fellowship, I may have been, might have turned me off to hear God right away in the steps. And here's God in step three. Um, I know how, I knew how to say prayers, recited prayers from my childhood, but 
I can honestly say I didn't really know how to pray whenever I came in. Um, only through um, asking, you know, other Christians uh, at the mission and other people in the fellowship, I learned how to pray and I found what works for me. Um, you know, there's a little prayer that I say on a daily basis. And it's real simple. And I just ask God to take my will in my life and guide me in my recovery. Real simple prayer. Some people call it the third step prayer. Um, but yeah, I say that every day. And, um, you know, Doug was talking about, you know, kind of letting, let God take the wheel in the lot in our lives. And I know that I was just mentioning this last night. Um, you know, sometimes we get blessed very quickly in life. Um, but that doesn't mean we can stop showing up. And sometimes we don't get blessed quickly and it still does. And it still means we should keep showing up. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, so no matter what happens, we need to keep showing up in our lives because God does have a plan for us. Amen. Amen. I tell you, that's uh, step three really does kind of bring those first two steps to a crescendo, I guess, if you want to say it, it brings it to a head uh, when you're uh, uh, admitting there's a problem, uh, having some acceptance, uh, uh, looking at step two, where you're talking about uh, the installation of hope. You know, you came to believe and uh, uh, that there's a power greater than you that can restore you to sanity. And so when you think about those two steps, right, those first two, admitting and accepting the fact that there's a problem, uh, then step two, where you're actually, uh, you know, coming to believe that there there is a power greater than you. And that's a tough one to, to, to deal with. But, you know, as people come to believe and they, and they, through the fellowship and through other people and hearing testimonies and hearing people share their stories, and then you come into... Uh, step three, where then now it's your turn to make a decision. And the, uh, you know, and this is not something that from my perspective, it's just, a, it's not a one-time thing. Uh, although that initial decision really does set the uh, ball in motion. But I know coming in the, to work in this morning, I was I made a decision in my car to turn my will and my life over the care of God today. Uh and and to uh, work and and through me and to live his life through me because I can't do this on my own. Uh, there is a power greater than us. There's a power greater than our sinful nature, and that and the Holy Spirit that God has given us can empower us and strengthen us and give us that that what is needed so that we can live a life that God has called us to live. And these steps help us to move in that direction. I've met many people who have come to know Jesus in a very personal way as a result of working these steps, and uh, and they continue to work these steps today. And I know they are a real benefit and uh, to myself in the work that I do at the at the city mission, and um, and because we're all in this together. It is a when we talk about a we program, we mean we, and we're in this together. So, Dean, if I could jump in, sure, for go a right moment. ahead. I had about a year and a half between rehab and recovery, in and out of the rooms, and in and out of addiction. And one of the things that turned my life around was hearing someone with experience say that you had to work the first three steps every day. And over the years, I've come to simplify it down to the first step is I can't, second step is God can, third step is I think I'll let him. (laughs) 
God, I can't. God can. I think I'll let him. Another way I look at it is, first step, there's a power that wants me dead. Second step, there's a power that wants me to live. Mm. Third step, do I live or do I die? Wow, very well put, Doug. That was that was very well put. Thank you. That uh, uh, hopefully that uh, resonates with those listening today. And I'm going to ask Leah for some uh, closing comments on this, and then we're going to uh, close for the day. Thank you so much, Dean, and thank you to our guests for today. We want to encourage you, if you are not familiar with the 12 steps, to become familiar. We believe that not only steps 1, 2, and 3, but the remaining 9 are also very applicable to daily life. We want to encourage you that if you're not familiar or if you're interested in learning more about the fellowships that we have mentioned today, to go ahead and hop on the internet and search for na.org, aa.org for Alcoholics Anonymous, celebraterecovery.com. NARANON.org, which is actually for family members of those uh, struggling with addiction, and ALANON.org, which supports individuals who are family members of alcoholics. All of these websites will give you information on how to understand the 12 steps that they follow, as well as where to find meetings to attend. We believe in meeting attendance, both for our residents and for our staff. We feel that these things are very impactful on individuals' lives and on handling life on life's terms. So I'll turn it back over to you, Dean. All right. Thank you, Leah. And I know this was a podcast a little longer than probably what uh, most people have experienced with us, but this was such an important uh, subject. The, the these, these spiritual principles of these steps are really important for all people, uh, not just people suffering from addiction, but just people uh, just dealing with life's challenges, every everyday life. We're, we're living in a time when it's just that it seems like everything is magnified, uh, you know, the problems basically are the same throughout the centuries, but it's like it, it, the more technology and it seems like the more progress we make, the more challenging these issues become in our lives. So uh, these spiritual principles are really important and uh, uh, for any anyone. And so if you're listening today and it, as Leah said, and you're feeling challenged and maybe something you really want to look into, please uh Go back and 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 look through those and contact those agencies and begin to find a fellowship that will uh, meet your needs. All right, so listen. Uh, thank you for joining us in today's discussion. And next time we're going to be ta- talking again about breaking down the twelve steps of uh, recovery, looking at the spiritual dynamics of them, and the, from a Christian perspective, obviously. And but we like feel free for you to contact us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram under at City Mission 1941. And uh, we would love to have your, uh, have you comment and uh, on our topics that we discuss. So until next time, God bless you from myself, uh, Dean Gartland, and the City Mission staff. Thank you for listening for Hope to the Homeless podcast. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
the explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.